Akwaba, and welcome to this week's edition of Africa in Focus with myself, Kwame, historian, writer, broadcaster, podcaster, and entrepreneur. And in this week's edition of Africa in Focus, it's a special looking at, at Africa and the monarchy in the light of the death of uh, Queen Elizabeth II of England and also her subsequent burial that was held in the UK on Monday the 19th of September. And so over the last 10 or so days in the UK, uh, there has been an outpouring of grief, some could say hysteria, over the death of Queen Elizabeth II. However, what we feel is important as African people is to talk about the legacy from an African perspective, not necessarily of the Queen, but what should be presented of the monarchy. All right, so we'll get into that in a minute, but just to make you aware that uh, this program, or this podcast rather, is being sponsored by Grow for Me Ghana. Grow for Me Ghana is a fantastic initiative that seeks to help farmers with capital and also seeks to help farmers develop their farms so that they can produce more food that will allow them to feed themselves and their families and also to pay for things like Medicare and child school fees but more importantly produce more food for Ghana so that Ghana can become food sufficient. So please uh, be a sponsor of Great For Me Ghana and I'll leave you the link on this podcast notes. Also, I'll be doing a live podcast Q&A on Saturday the 30th of September, 10pm UK time. And you can ask them anything about Ghana. Those of you who want to relocate to Ghana, buying property in Ghana, building in Ghana, buying land in Ghana, etc, etc. So we'll be doing that live Q&A via Zoom on the 30th of September, which is a Friday. And it's at 10 p.m. UK time. That's going to be 5 p.m. Uh, Western Eastern time in America. Uh, 9 p.m. GMT. And also 2 p.m. Uh, Western uh, time in the States. So uh, please join us for what could be a very, very interesting discussion about Ghana and what you need to know or want to know about Ghana. Again, I'll leave you the um, link on how you can get involved in the footnotes to this podcast. Alright, so, as I mentioned, this is about Africa and the monarchy in the light of the recent death of the Queen of England, Queen of the Commonwealth, Queen Elizabeth II. So, as I mentioned, there's been an outpouring of grief, some would say hysteria, particularly in the UK, uh, over the last 10 or so days, and then certain parts of the Commonwealth, somewhere like Jamaica, Jamaica recently declared a 12-day mourning period for the Queen of England. But like I said, this podcast will give you an African perspective as to African relationship with the monarchy and going forward, you know, do we need a commonwealth? Is it relevant or is it irrelevant? And what is the future of the Commonwealth and does Africa really need the Commonwealth? So we're going to get into all these questions. But first, we're going to look at, you know, uh, what the Queen Elizabeth stood for. So 
I'm not attacking her by any means. It's not it's not about her personally. It's about what she represented, okay? And what she represented was the British crown, i.e. the empire, and i.e. you know, uh there is basically the royal family. And the British Empire, vis-a-vis -vis the royal family, was a bastion of white supremacy. Now, why do I say this? Well, as the Honourable Elijah Muhammad says, through Malcolm X and now Mr. Louis Farrakhan, he says, and I quote, Of all of our studies, history is best qualified to award our research. End of quote. So you need to understand the history of empire, of the royal family, in order to arrive at the conclusion and the analysis that I have today in regards to Africa and its relationship with the monarchy. Because let's not forget, like I said, there's a commonwealth of nation states of which there are many, many African countries involved in that. But I'll get onto the commonwealth in a minute. So like I said, history. Many of you listeners do not know the true history of Britain, more so the royal family, because what Britain has done to a very good extent is to hide the uh, evils of empire and to say that empire was a good thing and that anyone who who talks wrong of the empire is somehow a revisionist, wants to rewrite history and also is respecting the monarchy. This has got nothing at all with respecting the monarchy. This is about telling the truth, particularly from an African perspective. So we're going to why the monarchy was an enemy of Africa. So, when we talk about the enslavement of African people, so-called slave trade, British involvement started in 1555, when Queen Elizabeth I rolled a gentleman called John Hawkins to go to Africa to capture Africans. Yeah? Let's not forget, predicated to that, was the Papal Bull of 1452 by Pope Nicholas V. You can Google that for yourself and see the wickedness of that Papal Bull of 1452 that in essence sanctioned the buying, selling, killing, raping, torture of African people. But nonetheless, 1555, Queen Elizabeth I bankrolled John Hawkins to go to Africa. So much so was this quote-unquote expedition of captured Africans, that when he came back to England, Queen Victoria doubled, Queen, sorry, Queen Elizabeth I doubled her, her profit, and because of that, she made John Hawkins a knight, so he became Sir John Hawkins. Moving on, in 1660, in a continuation of that trade in buying, selling, kidnapping African people, the royal family set up what is called the Royal Africa Company. Again, you can Google this to get more information for yourself. But nonetheless, in 1660, the Stuart Royal Family, along with the bankers of the City of London, funded and started the Royal Africa Company. Yeah, meaning they had, a, had royal approval. Yeah, and the main shareholders of the Royal Africa Company were the Duke of York and his brother, King Charles II. So today, who's the king? Who's the Duke of York, and who's the brother of the Duke of York? You, you seen the you seen the connection? If you're smart, 
So the Royal Africa Company had a monopoly for over 20 years on the trafficking, the buying and the selling of African women, men and children, to the extent that they branded their enslaved Africans DY, yeah, which is the Duke of York, who, like I said, was the main shareholder of the Royal Africa Company. Yeah. So, the Royal Africa Company, as I mentioned, had a more than 20-year monopoly on this illegal trade in trafficking African people, to the extent that of all the companies of Britain that became embroiled in the buying, selling of African people, the Royal Africa Company was the by far the largest and biggest mercantile company that traded in African people. Yeah? So that alone tells the history of enslavement to the royal family. And moreover, when enslavement was ended, so-called, by the Act of Parliament in 1839, the royal family was one of those people, British people, who were involved in this buying and sending of African people. They got paid reparations. In actual fact, reparations for British slave owners did not stop until the year 2015, that's just seven years ago, when the final payments to British slave traders was made, including the royal family. So in essence, the wealth, the splendour, the pantry that you saw during Queen Elizabeth II's funeral was gotten by the ill-gotten wealth that was made by the selling of African people and their blood, sweat and tears that they toiled in the plantations of Jamaica, St. Kitts, St. Nevis, Antigua, which, which became part of the British Commonwealth. But I'll get onto that in a minute. So, in slavery, slavement, the vast profits that was made by the Royal African Company made the royal family, as we know today, got their wealth from. Yeah? So, the royal family cannot be divorced from the enslavement of African people. And it is documented, like I said, Google the Royal African Company and you will see its deep involvement in the buying, selling, trafficking of African people. So that made the wealth of the royal family that we know today. Secondly, we move on now. Queen Victoria. So this is after, you know, Queen Elizabeth I. Queen Victoria came into the friendship, okay? And she was also a bankroller of Cecil John Rhodes. For those of you who don't know Cecil John Rhodes, Cecil John Rhodes was that wicked, cruel British man who was sent to Southern Africa to wreak havoc on the black people of Southern Africa, okay? And in essence, stole their uh, diamonds and gold and divert from that the largest diamond company in the world called De Beers. And that today, that company is still around, De Beers, okay? Cecil John Rhodes. Again, you can Google Cecil Rhodes and you can follow that barbaric history of that devil Rhodes who like I said, was partly sponsored by Rothschild and also Queen Victoria. So what I'm saying in essence is that colonialism, 
which became the bastion of white supremacy, was founded upon the British Empire to the extent that it is said that the British Empire was that vast that the sun never set on it. So, empire, in created royalty, went all over the world, in, in Africa, in India, in China, parts of Asia, Singapore, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the United States, yes, because the United States, believe it or not, was owned by the royal family, and in essence it still is, because that's why every president has got to go to see the then queen at the time, and now every president, including this one, will now see King Charles III. So even America was owned by the royal family, and is still a part, you could say, of the um, residue of the British Empire. So Britain went all over the world in the name of empire and the royal family to rape people, to kill people and take over their lands and put the British flag there which, is the, which has the hallmark of the royal family because when we break down the British flag which I haven't got time now that has allegiance to the royal family. And so they went all over the world Conquering people's land in the name of empire and royalty. And in actual fact, the crown that you saw in the funeral, those imperial stones, was made by diamonds, like I said, that day by Tessa Rhodes time. And that diamonds come from South Africa. That's what was encrusted on the gold, on the, on the gold diamond encrusted crown. That was given to Her Majesty the late Queen Elizabeth. Yeah? So it is inescapable of the connection between the royal family, empire, slavery, and colonization. Okay? So this is why, as African people, we shouldn't really mourn uh, the death of this uh, lady because of what she represents. And even Jesus Malema of the EFF in South Africa. He even stated, and you can go, you can go on YouTube and listen to what he said, that what this family represents is the anathema of African people worldwide. So even in America, where you have more than 50 million African Americans, their enslavement was predicated on the, like I said, the Royal African Company, amongst other companies that was owned and financed by the Royal Family. In Jamaica as well, and other parts of the Caribbean. They had a role in enslaving our ancestors. Yeah? So, when, like I said, slavery or rather enslavement was ended by the British Empire in 1839, that was signed by an act of parliament, okay, that the member of the royal family had to, had to rubber stamp, because let's not forget, Britain's not like America where you've got a president. It is the royal family who is the head of state of Britain. Yeah? So even in 1839, when there was a monarchy, when the monarchy was in, in, in its full swing, they were the ones who rubber-stamped the Act of Parliament to so-called end the Assembly of African people, which they also put an Act of Parliament to pay reparations to British slave owners, including the royal family, for so-called loss of earnings. And so after enslavement, they 
now had this thing called the Commonwealth. Again, the Commonwealth means the Commonwealth of British Empire. That's what the Commonwealth means. So all those countries that they enslaved in the Caribbean and Africa particularly were now part of the Commonwealth of Nations. Yeah, but they were still under the guise of British rule. And that's why you had Pan-Africans like Kwame Nkrumah of Ghana, Namdi Ezekwe of Nigeria, Jomo Kenyatta of Kenya, and Nelson Mandela of South Africa originally, Ron Mugabe of Zimbabwe, all these great African men that stood up to British colonialism in that we are not free and that you are still demean over us. So this is why the likes of Kwame Nkrumah led the struggle for political independence to make these African countries free off the yoke of British imperialism and sovereignty and became, you know, and fought for political independence. And in actual fact, these, some of these countries also got rid of the Queen as head of state and, uh, you know, uh, became republics. And so people need to understand that during colonialism, there was many atrocities that was, you know, spearheaded or rather rubber stamped by the royal family. Case in point is the Mama Rebellion in Kenya in the late 50s, whereby the British Governor General, under orders by uh, the King of England, or, or, or sorry, Her Majesty the Queen, you know, had the policy to kill or, or, or um, suppress, suppress the Mama Rebellion. So men had their balls castrated, and women were raped using nets to capture the women and, you know, rape them and commit all sorts of heinous crimes against the Mama people of Kenya. To the extent that only recently, I think it was four or five years ago, that the Mau elders, some of whom are now in their 90s, got compensation from the British government for something like about seven or eight million because of those heinous crimes that took place in Kenya in the 1950s, late 50s. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of the wicked crimes that went on during the colonial era. Also, the pre and post independence era of which Queen Elizabeth was actually the head of state in many of his countries. Apartheid is another case in mention, that she was the head of state, yeah, of the Commonwealth and of South Africa when Nelson Mandela was put in prison and when the systemic legalised apartheid to, divide Af to, to deny African people their human rights took place. And did she say anything to um, repel apartheid? I don't think so. It was African people's uprising en masse that defeated the system of apartheid. But to be quite frank with you, apartheid is still there. It is still real. It just changes guys. And I think I need to do a podcast talking about, you know, that apartheid never died. Okay, so this just gives you a tip of the iceberg as to why we as African people, right-minded, thinking African people who are aware of the history, should not mourn the passing, obviously, because of what she presents and what that empire did to African people and what the monarchy did to African people in antiquity. And so moving forward, you know, this circle Commonwealth of Nations, of which many African and Caribbean countries are part of, for me, uh, the, the Queen Elizabeth II's death signifies a change of the guard in terms of that I believe the, the, the Commonwealth will collapse because in many countries now, you know, Barbados, you know, wants to be a republic. 
I gather Jamaica, you know, and other countries in the Caribbean particularly, will now want to be a republic and go out of the Commonwealth. Meaning that the Commonwealth, which was founded by slavery, is going to be an irrelevant institution going forward because African people have no benefit from Commonwealth whatsoever. In fact, you need a visa to go from Ghana to the UK or Jamaica to the UK. So if we're one happy family, then why do we need visas to travel to each other's countries, particularly to Britain? Showing you that the Commonwealth is a waste of space and is basically a white man's club. And so that is my take from an African perspective on African history with the, with the monarchy and what the death of Queen Elizabeth II uh, signifies and symbolises and what it means to us as African people going forward. So thank you for listening to this podcast, Africa in Focus. Uh, please like, please share. You can follow me on, on, on Spotify. Just go to Spotify and, and put in Africa Straight Guardian Focus and click on follow and you can get uh, the podcast when I upload a new podcast. It will be on your feed. So thank you very much for listening. And don't forget to join me on the 30th of September for a live Q&A about anything you want to know about Ghana. So from me, Kwame, and from all the queue here on, on African Focus, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the other side.